Good evening, everyone. Welcome to a brand new session of Dragon Mark Symphony here on Natural One Media. It's been a little bit, had a little bit of a break there, but we are back in it. Uh, it's been long enough that some of you may not quite remember what happened, but that's okay. I'm more than happy to recap it for you. Uh, I being Dylan, your dungeon master for the evening. So let's start off with arguably the most important thing. Which is that uh, Set was successfully resurrected from the dead. Brought back to life after uh, meeting an ill fate uh, at the uh, abandoned keep. Uh, with Set being resurrected, however, there have arisen some complications. While the rest of the party uh, was sort of kept together waiting to hear news on Set's condition... Uh, after Set was brought back, and after the party had left to assumedly find some place to get a drink, relax, uh, and have some time to sort of speak privately uh, regarding the events that had occurred over the past 24 hours, uh, Set was visited by a uh, friend of theirs. Friend in quotation marks. Uh, yeah, no, they're great friends. What do you mean? A, uh, a gentleman by the name of Trist... Uh, who the party had met uh, on a couple occasions now, um, and who had very graciously offered to pay uh, the monetary requirement for the usage of the Resurrection Scroll uh, directly from the Citadel. Uh, Trist, revealing himself after uh, posing as uh, Dr. Thoris, uh, seemed to almost entirely lay bare their intentions and their plan, which was that uh, they were actually in the city uh, with the intention of finding and hunting down Set uh, to take them back to some sort of mysterious house, the name of which has not been mentioned yet in full. Uh, it was difficult to say how much of what they were saying was true and how much of it was falsehoods, uh, but what was clear was that at the end of their conversation, uh, they insisted that Set leave the Citadel, uh, find their friends, finish up their business and whatever they were still needed for with the investigation, and leave as soon as possible and never come back. Otherwise, Trist would have no choice but to kill all of them. So, Trist, using his uh, position as a pretend doctor, uh, loosened Set's restraints, uh, opened the door wide, uh, and promised that he was going to finish the paperwork uh, needed for Set to be allowed to leave freely without any uh, any resistance. Uh, that is exactly where we had left off last time, with Set still laying in his uh, hospice bed. Uh, the door wide open, the restraints loosened, uh, and no one else nearby to be seen. So, Set. Yes. Here we are. Uh, you are laying in this bed. There is a, almost a natural silence about you. Uh, you don't see anybody out in the hallway at this, at this present time. Um, as you lay in your, in your bed, what would you like to do? Um, well, now that the restraints have been loosened slash taken off, uh, start trying to get up, actually like feel how you know, how am I feeling and start trying to as as soon as, you know, 
reasonably uh possible uh get up on my feet and just start walking out after mm-hmm. I grab all my stuff. Make a uh we're gonna do a athletics check on this. <clears throat> Uh, athletics that is a 17 17 okay uh the physical toll that comes from going through such an ordeal is pretty grand uh as you are kind of propping yourself up out of the bed there is this extremely heavy strain it feels like every inch of your body is just like sore uh and there's also this odd sensation as you move uh occasionally you have this feeling like you're sort of wobbling even though your your body is relatively still and composed uh the physical toll is great but you are able to sort of bring yourself up out of bed uh your legs are somewhat stable though again it it feels like every part of you has just been beaten to a pulp uh and your eyes are strained and tired uh as you're glancing around the room your legs don't work like they used to before. Um, all right. Uh, I will just stand there for a second, try and get my bearings um, before grabbing my stuff and just slowly shuffling out while still just trying to move at as good of a pace as I can. Because I don't know how how long has has it been since the group actually departed. I don't feel like it was that long before since they left before he kind of after the after the group has departed and uh, Trist uh, gave you his little uh, fancy monologue there. uh, Probably maybe 15 minutes at the most. Uh, then yeah, like I, I would probably just try to do my best to head in their general direction, whatever direction I would have ascertained that they would have been heading, uh, and just make my way, you know, make my way downtown. Excellent. Uh, yeah. So as you're kind of making your way out of the door, um, you definitely begin to feel sort of like a light wooziness. Um, the the sides of your head kind of like there's just like this boom 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 uh and you feel your vision getting a little blurry as you kind of have to grab the side of the door for support uh this time i need you to roll a constitution check and uh this is going to be at disadvantage as well okay uh saving throw or just a check this is just going to be a check okay not like it matters they're both the same modifier all right um eight Eight. Okay. Yes, you kind of slump up to the the frame of the door and kind of hold on to it a bit for support as your vision gets sort of blurry for a moment. Catching yourself, you take a second to breathe, and then eventually, slowly, the vision returns back to you and feel yourself returning somewhat to normal. Um, Though it is... There's... Moments where you're different parts of your body go from being okay to kind of like feeling like jelly and then back to normal. Um, almost like the, the magic is still kind of traveling throughout your body, trying to bring you back fully. Um, just like you find yourself steady again, uh, and, and standing back up. Gotcha. 
yeah, I think that that'll just be my my mode of moving around is just where I can utilize like a wall or a structure to support myself. Um, and then otherwise just moving slowly, but surely towards where I believe the rest of the party would be. Yeah, so as you um, you kind of move, because the, the hallway that you kind of come out into is uh, kind of narrow. Uh, there's no visible sunlight that you're seeing or anything like that. You make your way down this hallway, basically just trying to find the first door that you can see. Uh, and eventually, after a few twists and turns, you find a door. Um, you open it, uh, expecting to come out into like another main room or something, and you find yourself uh walking out into fresh air uh as you have actually located a sort of side door like a back exit door um that leads back out so you kind of stumble out into the outside um not too far from you is like a couple uh there's a couple sets of like wagons uh sitting nearby uh and not too far off you can see one of the dirt paths that kind of winds around the citadel uh small populations of people uh, walking through it, a couple soldiers ride by on horseback. Uh, but you are definitely outside and back into uh, the city of Rote. Gotcha. I will also yeah. take this moment to uh, to emphasize that having come back from the dead, uh, this is not going to be something that you can simply walk off, so to speak. Uh, you are just just as a reminder, you do have a penalty. Uh, yeah, negative three, right? Is a negative four penalty. Four. Uh, to all attack rolls, saving throws, and ability checks. Um, every time that you finish a long rest, that's going to be reduced by one until it disappears entirely. Uh, so it is going to take a few a few long rests uh, to be able to get yourself back to quote unquote normal. Um, so you'll need to keep that in mind. Will do. Um, yeah, as soon as Set steps out and gets kind of like hit with that fresh air, uh, we'll just kind of like stop, take like a deep breath in, just kind of almost revel in the the fresh air, um, before like kind of just then again slowly moving, uh, towards the city. All right. Uh, as you do so, you are you're kind of working yourself back into the the hustle and bustle of the crowds. Um, now that you've made a couple trips here, you kind of know the direction to go across the bridge uh, to head over the water and head back kind of into the main sort of the main district of Rote that you've you've passed through a few times now. Um, Looking around, you know, you see dozens and dozens of people, small businesses, all kinds of buildings, some some large, some small little hovels. Uh, you're, you've got some familiarity with this area, but if you're going to want to find your party, uh, so to speak, you may need to ask for directions, or you can otherwise attempt to uh, navigate the city and, and find them. Um, as I would have been leaving the keep, there would have been guards stationed like 
outside like the gate like entryway to the keep right yeah yeah so you so you as you leave the citadel there's that there's that kind of bridge that you're going to be walking there's there's guards position at the front of the citadel yeah. um you came out on kind of like a side door um there's guards within the citadel there's many walking around because of your proximity to broken blade castle uh, which is of course the the castle of uh king Boronel. Um, so there are many guards around, uh, position of various areas, and so you, just in getting to the bridge that leads back over into the main district, uh, you would be passing a couple different, uh, posted, posted guards that are there. Um, I would probably, you know, walk past a few of them, just kind of looking for whichever one, uh, looks like they have been keeping a pretty good eye on what's, you know, been going on and just real quick you know try and get their attention just uh excuse me i'm trying to catch up with my party um very um uh uh you shorter people um uh leader of the the captain of the black lanterns is with them uh do you perhaps know which way they went the uh one of the guards uh there's there's a couple uh of guards that are posted right by the bridge uh one guard sort of el- gives a quick nudge to the other uh motions to you and they both sort of close in the gap with you uh the first first guard says sorry what was that you were mumbling couldn't hear you um looking for my party that i um trying to catch up with them i was released a little earlier than I thought I would be from being taken care of by the healers. Um, and I know they said that they were going to go downtown, maybe grab a bite of food. Uh, I just wanted to know if you saw which direction they went. Uh, right. Uh, what's your, what's your party look like? Yeah. Maybe we've seen them. Uh, well, uh, the one that I think you would recognize most, the, uh, captain of the black lanterns. Um, you should be with them. Uh, they as both, well they the, both look at each other. The small black, little fairy. What's, what's the Black Lanterns? I don't know what that is. Uh, um. Hmm. You know what that is? And the the other guards just like, no, nah, not heard of them. They're like a club. You in a club or something? To that effect, I suppose. Um. Well, maybe you would have seen the the bay the ferry that would have been with the group as well uh mm, like I, a uh pretty well like a uh like a like a white moth lady yeah yeah never seen him never heard of him the the first guard kind of like elbows him and is like ah so quit being a prick yeah we saw you lady uh her and the rest of your uh, your friends there, they were heading back over the bridge. Uh, are they gonna pull the? Uh, are they gonna pull like the? Maybe I'll remember if I had a, if I was given like five silver. Be like this man, just came from the hospital. Tune in, find out. I was fully expecting a Bugs Bunny bit. It's like God, Fay Lady, about this big. <laughs> it was like this. Talks like this. Other guy like this. Yeah, yeah. Never seen him. Never heard of him. <laughs> Never heard of him. Uh, could you just point me in the general direction that they were heading? And I'll go ahead and catch up with them. I don't want to take out too much time of your day. 
Well, I mean, yeah, that'd be that'd be across the bridge. And he points points across the bridge. Uh, I reckon they uh, they weren't planning on swimming today, you know, unless they brought the trousers to do it, you know. Um, but yeah, like I say, sounded like they were heading somewhere downtown. Uh, I mean, there's several places they could have gone to eat, so I guess just head across the bridge. Uh, go two blocks down, take a left. Uh, should be. Uh, I don't know what you think. Maybe went to Gorman's. And the other other guards like, ah, uh, Gorman's too crowded this time of day. Probably didn't go to Gorman's. So what do you think? What do they maybe go to? Uh, I don't know. Depends if they got good taste or not. If they got good taste. They probably didn't go anywhere near Gorman's. Well, yeah, man, probably. It, like at this point, they they've just kind of, they just started a conversation with each other. Like they're not even really taking you seriously or paying you too much mind. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think at this point, I'll just kind of be like, thank you very much for your help. I'll just be on my way then and just walk away while they're in their conversation. As you're uh, as you're walking away, the first guard is like he, he like playfully he kind of like smacks the, the other guard's chest like, what about cow's eye then? Maybe he went to the cow's eye. You know, cow's eye is open this time of day. Uh, second guard's like, oh, shit, they thought they were all open in the evening now. He's like, no, 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 no. Ever since we uh, tightened up curfew, they've been uh, opening up a little bit earlier. Uh, the second guy's like, sheesh. You know, Calzai still got the best steak in the whole city. I, um, I swear, it's the best you'd ever have. Maybe you're, uh, maybe you're friends with that uh, the Calzai. Yeah, right over by the, uh, whatchamacallit, the theater and the, the Gormans that they got set up over there. Ah, I believe I know where that is. Thank you. I'll be on my yeah. way. Have a good one. Yeah, no problem. Hey, uh, don't get lost anywhere else, all right? We can't always be there to help you out, okay? Understood. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, as I walk away from them, I just try to immediately blend into the crowd to get their eyes off me. All right. Uh, I want you to roll, uh, gosh, what would D&D have for this? How about a stealth check? Yeah, you used to have to ask this question. Is is this a hide check or is this a yeah, sneak <laughs> check? It's a very good point. Um, so that would be a 20 and then minus the 4. So minus 16. Uh, still not a problem for you. Um, you find kind of a gaggle of people that are that are heading across the bridge and you are able to just like Assassin's Creed style just like walk in with them. Uh, walking beside them, but in such a way that kind of your presence is obscured by, by most of them, uh, as you make your way across the bridge. Meanwhile, with the rest of our party, uh, as you are walking along, getting further into town, uh, Caspian turns you on and says, All right, let's not, uh, bring any, bring too much attention to ourselves. Uh, where to eat, where to eat. And have you been to the, uh, you've been to the cow's eye yet? Only place I've ever been is that one place we went to in Thurston Town. Oh, you, you talking about the, the theater? You went to the Winchester? The Winchester, oh, yeah. yes. Hmm, yeah. Let's, uh... Had two expensive. I don't know. If it wasn't for that fine young lad, well, I don't think we'd ever be able to afford it. Right, right. Yeah, it's a bit too fancy for my taste as well. Let's uh, let's hit up the cow's eye then. I, I know 
the owner, and uh, they can probably get us a nice little quiet room upstairs. I think that'll work better for us. Sounds fine. Good, good. Let me take you all over. Uh, and so Caspian just kind of leads the way. Uh, getting to be about midday now. Uh, people traffic is sort of at, at one of the higher points that it's going to be at for the day. Uh, so there's a lot of people walking about. You can see there's like, uh, especially as you get into this sort of like main area, this, this district of the city has a lot of like the major markets, but it's also got a lot of smaller markets too, kind of peppered in through. Uh, you see like, uh, fruit and vegetable vendors, uh, farmers that are selling their wares. Uh, you see blacksmiths, uh, very rudimentary, you know, we're talking from greenhorns to like five year who are just selling like basic, uh, metal wares, uh, mostly tools. Though there's a couple of them who fancy themselves good enough to make uh, simple weapons, daggers, really short swords, uh, some rough-looking shields. Uh, the the fanciest of them have, you know, like, leather lining to them, but otherwise very rudimentary stuff. Uh, and they're calling out to the, the populace as people walk by. Uh, your group is uh, briefly bumped into by a uh, young boy. In a uh, in a knitted cap, who is uh, calling out the news of the day and has under his arm a bundle of almost what looks like uh, rolled up newspapers, uh, just kind of calling out to the crowd various uh, headlines for the day. Uh, rushes past you, doesn't even give you a glance. Uh, you see uh, city guards crossing by, walking through. Some of them are engaging with townsfolk, but most of them are just kind of going on their their patrols. Um, is there an opportunity to grab one of those broadsheets that that kid was, um... Uh, yes. Go ahead and make me a, uh... Make a quick little dex check for me. See if you can snatch. Ah, uh, dex. I suppose I should ask, are you looking to just take one, or did you want to actually get the boy's attention? Uh, I guess quickly, if we're on the way, I just, like, raise a hand. I raise a silver, I guess. Okay. Um, make a go ahead and make a dex check anyways to triumphantly raise the silver high enough that the boy is gonna know. Uh, regular dex check. Thought that was uh one. We're good. Eight. <laughs> An eight. Uh, you uh, you kind of lift the the silver up in the air. Do you say anything as well? Um, hello. The uh the boy. Skids in the dirt, stops in his tracks, and kind of whips his head around. Oi! You can do this, I got you. I had to compose myself for that one. Um, um, uh, hello. Um, may I... Would it be... Uh, would it be... Uh, I would like to buy a Bradstreet. He kind of, like, looks around in a second. You mean a paper? You want a paper? Oh, man. Yeah. Yes. Um, would that... Would that be polite? Is, is, he kind of, is... he kind of, like, abruptly puts his, his open palm out. Too silver, chap, ain't got all day. Uh, um... <clears throat> 
put two solar. Uh, he uh snatches up for you, stuffs it into like a little little side pouch he has. Uh, takes takes one of the uh the rolls of of newspaper out, pushes it into your chest, uh, and says, "Right, appreciate the service, ma'am." And he uh whips around and and runs off, uh, just calling out to the townsfolk. Gazed here, Corvair, gazed here. Get the latest news, updates. As he runs on. You now have in your possession a uh, copy of uh, today's Corvair Gazetteer. Actually, actually, read all about it. You X-ray. won't believe what this guy did. Read all here. about it. Bringing people back from the dead. Read all about it. Read all about it. <laughs> Augers in chat. Augers. <laughs> <laughs> NFT sweep Corvair. Oh my god. No. God damn it. Hot goblin ladies in your area. <laughs> and then um, I'll change link we'll... singles. <laughs> I will take an opportunity to um, read it as we're walking. Excellent. I am excited about this. Okay. Uh, quick point of order. I am a terrible DM. Uh, I had an actual newspaper that I made for you. Uh-huh. It's gone. That's so okay. I, I got to remake it and send it to you, unfortunately. Ooh. But I can at least give you everything that was on it. Thank, thank you, computer, for messing up this this past couple of days. Well, uh, real quick, what was the restaurant we're going to first? Uh, so that is going to be the Cow's Eye. Uh, so if you all recall, I, I'm sure most of you do. When you had first, like they were saying uh, the Calci, the Calci, <laughs> you know, the Calzone, the uh, the Cal's. <laughs> just like just it was the the it, you know it was just the accent they were given. <laughs> It's just hard to yeah. There's a there's a barrier there, you know. the The language barrier is real tough. Tell me about uh, it. The the uh, so when you had first come in, and if you recall, when you visited the Winchester site, there was this kind of lineup of these different uh, food and wine establishments, and uh, the ones that you had kind of passed uh, were there was the Cow's Eye, which was just kind of this sort of standard run of the mill tavern. Uh, you had Gorman's, which was kind of this more family-friendly, all-ages kind of place, almost like a franchise, uh, that focused a lot more on the food aspect than the drink aspect. Uh, and then you, of course, had the, the famous Winchester Scythe uh, Theater, uh, which you are all now very familiar with. So yeah, as you're you're making your way over to the cow's eye, uh, you can see it. Uh, like I say, very very run of the mill tavern. Nothing special about the exterior of it. There's a couple people lounging around outside of the main doors. Uh, it's got kind of the like the old west ranch style uh, double doors that like swing in and out. Um, and uh, you you walk up to it, and Caspian turns to you and says. Uh, yeah, so this is the Cow's Eye. It's a tavern. It's a bar. I, I, I'll i be honest, not much more to it than that. But it's good people that work here, so 
Yeah. Doesn't need much more than that. I will fit right in. Uh, yeah, and so he kind of motions you all in. Uh, meanwhile, set. Yes. Uh, you are in with this group of people as you're kind of like making your way further into the city. Uh, go ahead. Uh, quick question. Yes. This little gaggle of people that you're with, you don't know any of them. Are you interested in listening into them at all? Or is your attention focused completely on figuring out where you need to go? Um, it's, it's going to be like, I'm going to be paying as much attention to my surroundings as possible, being as like, I will be on guard. So I will be probably, yeah, I'll probably be listening into whatever these people are saying, uh, just for any tidbits of information while, you know. I believe that literally everyone and anyone could, you know, at any point just start trying to stab me. So, gotcha. Do you, so are you prioritizing um, looking around the area to listening into that conversation? Which one's like higher on your priority list? Um, I think right now, higher on the priority list would just be connecting with the rest of the group. Sure. All right, so in that case, what I'm going to have you do, so first you're going to make an investigation check with advantage, uh, make, taking stock of your surroundings. Uh, after that, you'll do a perception check on the group of people with you, uh, but you're going to do that as just a regular check, no advantage. Gotcha. Okay, so investigation. Um, I rolled a 69. Uh, so that would be... It would end up in total with the minus four being a 10 for the investigation. 10, okay. Uh, yeah, so kind of glancing around, uh, you're getting further into kind of this main district of town. You you feel like you recognize a couple of the buildings, uh, but maybe you're more used to seeing them from like a different angle or a different direction. Uh, you do feel like you catch just a glimpse of a figure shorter stature uh much brighter hue to them compared to the people around them like you, you feel like you maybe just saw like a glimpse of silva but you're not 100 percent certain and it was sort of it was just out of the corner of your eye off to the left sort of veering veering down another uh another block you haven't reached yet uh what's your perception check better um that would be end up being a 17 total 17 uh you hear uh a woman in this group is speaking to another woman with her um they appear to be heavily in conversation about something as you kind of divert your attention for a moment to listen in uh you hear the the one woman say to the other well goodness i don't know what he's going to do it seems like every day he comes home worried that somebody's just going to up and buy out the place. I mean, I knew land was tight in the city, but I didn't think it would be like this. And the other girl says, Well, goodness, I mean, I feel bad for him, but he had to see this coming, didn't he? It seems like all the land barons are either raising their prices or just buying up whatever remaining spots are left. Soon there will be so many businesses that there won't actually be room for any homes. Tragic, really. Uh... 
and they kind of continue on their conversation. They seem to be talking about um the the upper upper cloth and like the land barons and the owners of the properties of the city uh seem to be much more aggressive as of late as far as seeking out any properties that are not uh currently active and buying them out or finding smaller businesses uh shutting them down or convincing them to move away uh and negotiating and slowly trying to get more and more land under their control so that they can uh renovate it and use it to put new businesses into place uh and thus earn themselves more income gotcha you hear the name this is interesting uh you hear a couple names being thrown around uh between these two women and one of the names that you do hear is uh somebody by the name of sandy crowdstock oh that name gets thrown out interesting okay As one of these barons that's buying up land and like getting these, forcing these smaller businesses out of their out of their uh, properties that they've got set up. Uh, but yeah, that that is all the uh, the information that you really have for now. Uh, as you're kind of moving with the group, uh, you reach kind of a fork where you've got the the road to your left where you thought you had seen like a glimpse of Silva there. You've got that road off to your left. Uh, this group seems to be continuing to head straight forward further a few more blocks down into the city. Uh, and you've also got another fork off to the right, uh, which sort of curves uh, around further, like further west over to like the west end. Um to to a section that like you've you've never been in yet. Gotcha. Uh, um, I think I'll then probably just follow intuition and just go with the go to the left. Uh, would it, it would it would I be able to tell? Is that kind of the general direction that we had traveled to to go to the scythe to begin with? Uh, yeah. As you're as, as you're cutting in, like you recognize you're like I said, you're starting to like recognize more and more of these buildings as you go. Uh, you begin to pass these like small markets, uh, farmers that are selling their wares, fruits and vegetables, uh, small blacksmiths. And as you're you're walking, you you it all looks more familiar to you, um, than the other any of the other paths had. Cool. Yeah, I'll keep moving that direction then. All right. Keep uh, and, as, and as you do, uh, you begin to see on your left. There's like the some more familiar architecture. Uh, and eventually you see ahead of you, uh, a few hundred feet on the, the left-hand side, you see a couple of buildings, including the, the towering architecture of the Winchester Scythe, you recognize the theater, uh, and just a couple buildings in, ahead of it, uh, you recognize what you think might be your party, uh, beginning to walk into what looks like just kind of a regular run-of-the-mill tavern. Um, with a sign, big wooden sign hanging out at the front that says "Cow's Eye." Gotcha. Um, I will try and speed up as much as I can, as I'm physically capable of, uh, right now to just try and close the gap sooner with them, while yeah. keeping as close of an eye on them and just moving 
straight are you at this point are you trying to be stealthy at all or are you just trying to close in that gap uh, i think at this point i would just be trying to close the gap to them okay uh yeah so don't worry about stealth uh the rest of the you as you are uh so you you begin to enter who in theory is going to be the last person to walk into the cow's eye here Not me, I'm the first, for sure. <laughs> One second. I'm I'm reading a broadsheet, so I have no clue. Honestly, it'd probably be Dax, since reading and walking, you tend to walk slower. I'll tell you from personal experience. Yeah. Trying to do literally anything else and walking at the same time, you immediately just half step. Well, so I guess it's me. Okay. I mean, in that case, that means that you are going to make a perception check at disadvantage. Cool. This is great. I have one eye. That's right. I feel terrible, Dylan. Do, do you want me to give you double disadvantage? Just like, uh... <laughs> no, I just wanted you to feel bad. Seven. I always feel bad. Uh, seven. Okay. Yeah, so you have your nose buried into this uh, this copy of the the Corvair Gazette or Gazetteer rather. Um so you are not uh really catching anything in your surroundings or anything of the sort. Uh set you see uh all this small group of figures that you believe to be your party just sort of goes right into this first building, the cow's eye, uh, and disappears into the, the establishment. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll just I'll just keep on track to head in there. If I lose track of them, uh, as soon as I get in, I would assume that they would it, it would be a pretty open plan, so I'd be able to get eyes on them pretty quickly. Uh, so the rest of you entering into the cow's eye, and you see before you uh, a very rustic. Uh, you might say stereotypical, but there's this there's this odd feeling of warmth and a bit of charm to it. Uh, several large square tables laid out in different areas. Over on the left-hand side is this massive hearth fire uh, with the flames are just blazing out of it even during the day here. Uh, to the right of the hearth in the corner... There is a man or or something that is just kind of like very spindly bundled up onto like an antique wooden rocking chair with this like incredibly ornate but old like um, almost like a sitar type instrument uh, cradled in its arms as it just kind of creaks back and forth. Um, large... Uh, large weathered patched hat uh like a sun hat that's pulled over the eyes uh there are a good 10 to 12 patrons of the of the tavern currently who are sitting peppered at various tables uh and ahead of you is a a grand bar uh just this long slab of like a prestigious uh oak that's been varnished uh though it has seen a lot of wear and duress over the years um the the wall behind the bar is filled with different bottles, glasses, uh, 
huge uh, tankards, uh, including some, like, really ornate ones, as well as, like, a bunch of really basic ones. Uh, and at the bar, you see a, a bartender, uh, female, uh, pointed ears, a uh, bit of a stockier build, wearing a uh, sleeveless uh, sort of broad shirt, and is uh, rapidly wiping down one of these, like, iron tankards uh, with a really just filthy cloth. Uh, to the right of the bar, uh, opposite of the, the hearth, there is a wooden staircase that sort of winds up uh, and seems to head upstairs, uh, though there is a uh, there is a, a furnace wood ceiling over the top, so you can't really see like where the stairs go up to. So yeah, you are now in the the cow's eye. Uh, there is a rumbling of noise throughout. You know, a lot of the tables are in conversation with each other. There's a hustle and bustle, people moving about. Uh, yeah, go to the bar. All right. Uh, so Silva just sort of dips straight to the bar. Um, I'll follow. You all uh, kind of follow, heading heading straight to the bar itself. The the bartender kind of looks up from the the tanker that she's polishing and says, "You all look weird. You also look new. What can I get you?" Amazing how those two sides usually coincide, eh? I didn't catch a word of that. Sorry. What was your name? Hi. <laughs> At least it's the most direct way of saying it. <laughs> Honestly, like that. drink, Hell, drink please. order. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I had a freeze up. We're good now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry, what was that, miss? Ale, please. Get an ale, ale, ale. All right, well, I mean, shit, we got plenty of ale here. Uh, you need that in a mug, or you getting yourself a full gallon for the table? Caspian, uh, cuts it. I kind of, this, this is a moment where I turn around and I'm like, that's right. They're probably going to want to sit at a table. <laughs> I'm not drinking is by gonna... myself anymore. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You know table. what? Um, <laughs> real quick, make a uh. Let's see. How do I do this? Yeah. Make, make, make a, a sadness quick... check. Make a sort of make a wisdom saving throw <laughs> for me, uh, Silva. Well, we'll see how well this works out. Uh, so that's a nine. <laughs> Uh, roll. you're kind of low rolls. As you uh, you're ruminating on like, oh yeah, I'm not, not drinking. Uh, I'm not drinking by myself anymore. You know, I'm I'm with people. Uh, you remember Thomas? Uh, if you have like a there's a brief flash in your head of like, right, I'm used to drinking with Thomas. I hope he's okay. I hope I hope he's all right. Make that two gallons. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Caspian at this point sort of leans in and says, uh, yeah, we'll we'll do two gallons. Uh my tab. Um 
and can we get a private room upstairs? And the bartender says, oh, shit, Caspian, I'm so, bugger me, I'm sorry, I, I didn't see you, the weirdos were in front of you. Um, yeah, let me, let me get you two, two gallons, and, uh, you said you want a private room. Uh, Caspian says, yeah, uh, we've got some, uh, some business to talk about. You know how it is. Uh, and he's going to actually slide, uh, in addition to the uh, eight copper pieces that would be required for the mugs, uh, he also slides two gold pieces with it and says, uh, you know how it is, uh, discretion being important and all that. And she says, yeah, yeah, okay, I feel you. All right. Uh, well, the room B upstairs is empty. Uh, Feel free to lock the door. If you need anything, uh, bang on the floor with your boot. I'll be right up. And he says, yeah, yeah I gotcha. Thanks, Missy. And he's going to, uh, he takes these two, like, giant, like, like pitchers. Like, think about, like, your, you know, your standard, like, restaurant pitcher. Um, huge pitchers of ale uh, that just looks delicious. Like, it is this perfect, like, golden brown amber ale color. Um just the right amount of foam on the top. Uh, he kind of lifts them up. He's like, yeah, okay. Alright, everybody, upstairs. Let's go. Uh, and he's gonna start walking. Uh, if any... Uh, yeah, I guess. Let me, here. Let me shift. And he's gonna, he's gonna take one of the, he's gonna offset one of the gallons to you. All right. As that happens, um, Dak is gonna look over, um, look up from the she and look over the bartender. Uh, um, what is? Do you have tea? The uh, bartender kind of puts an arm on the the bar, looks over at you. You don't serve, bitch. <laughs> you want tea? <laughs> that's okay. So you don't want tea? I, I, um, apologies. Um, I would prefer tea. Um, if it would, if you would find it humorous to know that I would also like the most expensive uh, tea in order because it is going to be on Lord Caspian's tab. You motherfucker. Um. <laughs> <laughs> The I really see that funny part a little quieter. The really funny part of this is that because Caspian is currently uh, wrangling with the gallons of ale with Nathaniel, uh, he does not hear you say this. Uh, oh, thank God. Uh, so she she kind of glances at Caspian real quick and then looks back at you. I might be out of that particular tea. And she, like, ducks under the the bar. You hear a bunch of, like, shuffling and noises. Like, she's, like, moving things around, grabbing things. You hear the clinking of glasses. Uh, you you swear you hear the squawk of a chicken at one point, but you're not sure. Uh, the, the box is being shuffled around. And she, she comes back up with a huff, hair slightly a mess, goes, Yeah, I'm... I am fresh out of, uh... I am fresh out of spider spice tea, I'm afraid. Uh, that would be the most expensive shit on the menu. It's usually five gold uh, a glass. And uh, I gotta have spider eggs uh, 
from a. I'm sorry. Knowing that spiders are a emotional trigger for Marshall, this makes it a whole lot more funny. Um, I gotta, I gotta have spider eggs from a blink spider uh, to make it. So unless you're able to find me some blink spider oh, eggs, I, I'm not gonna be able to make any, unfortunately. That's terrifying. Um, that's oh, thank uh, you. That's perfectly okay. I'm sorry that you had to go through the trouble of. Um, uh, I mean, for what it's worth, because you're the first person to ask me about blink spider spice tea in like ages. If you could get me some of those spider eggs so I can make some, I will gladly pay you for it. Request. I mean, you basically be like a merchant supplying me with wares, and since the last merchant died, like you're really doing me a favor. That's um, understood. Um, what is your second most expensive tea? Uh, chamomile. And she pulls out a, a little little box. <laughs> I'll take five. Um. Gap going on here. Remember, everyone, chamomile is, especially in America, chamomile is always way more expensive than it should be. Always. <laughs> how much did you for? Um, apologies, but how much is it for one cup of chamomile? Oh, uh, hun, that'll be eight uh, copper pieces. Yeah. I would take five to make it as much of a financial burden on Lord Caspian as possible. <laughs> She's this gonna roll an <laughs> What did this man she's do to you? She was, she, she's okay. curious now. She kind of gives you, like, she raises an eyebrow, like, kind of looking at you, like, what's this um, guy's fucking angle here? I'm gonna, uh, I'm just gonna set out a great. 10. Yeah, he's not being very deceptive about anything. She got a 9. Oh, well, I'll still tell her. It's, it very much seems like Dak is, this is Dak's idea of camaraderie. And he has no yeah. idea how else to portray. So like, I'm gonna. This is what friends. This is what par, uh, companions friends do, are right? Friends are a burden to each other, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ralphus. Uh, yeah, no, I, mean, I know. He's, he's not coming from. He's not coming from a great like role model. Oh yeah, yeah. Ralphus would okay. definitely like it's if someone true. else is paying a tab. He's like, true. yeah, most expensive thing. He is that type of guy. So Dax, mm-hmm. like, this is proper procedure, right? Yeah. He's gonna order two of the Wang Yu beef. <laughs> <laughs> Not eat one of them, just <laughs> I takes one home. Bring one of the cups of tea, need, put the other in the back. I need your I need your strongest Wagyu beef and I'm gonna need it vegan. Thank you. Yep. Uh bring it along with your no, strongest she, she, potion. <laughs> your strongest potion. Fully expected. Uh, that. Oh, you want tea? The only tea we have is GTFO. <laughs> she gives you that look with the raised eyebrow, and she says, "You taking the piss here?" I, I have been told that it's impolite to urinate in public. No, that's not what I mean. You had to you, be told. Uh, you, you friends with Caspian by any chance? Um. To be, um, to be considered a friend by uh, Lord Caspian would be a prospect that I am unaware of what feelings I have towards it, whether it be positive or um, negative. Uh, uh, we have fought side to side, so this is how I perceive the relationship should go. I believe it is um, 
and we are at the stage of professionalism. Um, wow, this is fascinating. Listen, if you if you want to pull pranks on him, I'm all for it. He's a fucking wall. Guy needs to loosen up. But if you break anything in my tavern, I will break you. Got it? You are, you are a very scary woman, and I say that with all the respect I have. It's the nicest thing anyone said to me today. Oh, <laughs> I want Dak to look at that and just be like, I love you. <laughs> Dak has no idea about social group cues. He's 19. She, uh, she, gives you, she gives you a wink and uh, goes back to uh, prepping the, the chamomile tea for you. Uh, gives it to you in a very nice little, uh, cute little mug. Um, it's got on it, it's, it's a ceramic mug and it has a, a heart etched on it. And the heart is being hugged by like a little, little feral cat. Um, and etched on the other side of the mug, uh, I gotta check something real quick for you specifically to see if you can read this. That's fine. Um, in the meantime, Dak will look at the wink and in his head, he's like, either she has a eye twitch or this is a social cue um i must uh i must return the gesture and he's probably also gonna wink but he only has the one eye visible so it just looks like he just blinked <laughs> gotcha no, i really uh, like the idea that you wink with the other eye so she just has no idea <laughs> yeah <laughs> either way they'll never know the perfect crime yeah, so you see, you get this this little mug, steam billowing out of it uh, from the the hot tea, uh, and she grabs uh, four more mugs uh, as well as puts them on like a little tray, uh, since you had requested five for for everybody. Um, oh, I was gonna say for me, but yeah, five for everybody. Um, do you want to do? Yeah, no, yeah, five for everybody. Uh, and the choose where they go when to get to the room. Yeah, the. So the, the first mug that she gives you is just, like, a little ceramic mug. The other ones are ceramics as well, but they're all, like, different sizes. Like, she's mm. just got, like, a bunch of various, like, random mugs. Uh, hands you the platter with the, the mugs on them. And says, be careful with those. If they hit the ground at, like, a certain speed, they'll break. <laughs> what is he, three? <laughs> um, thank you for the... Warning, um, I shall endeavor to guard these uh, to ensure that they're safe to arrival to the room upstairs. Thank you. Oh my um, god. Lighten, lighten up, gonna... Chapstone. My god. Um, <laughs> hey, is it? It's gonna be okay, alright? You're fine. I'm just messing with you. You're good. Oh. Okay, um, I am familiar with the concept of, uh, of being messed with. Um, Ralph is used to say that a lot when he would hit me over the head with things, and then I'd start taking the tray upstairs. Just casual abuse dump on someone. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, as you're kind of heading up the stairs, she like calls out after there. you. Uh, Ralph, it sounds like a git. Don't hang out with gits. 
and then she just goes back to polishing her. Uh, back in his mind, need to research what a git is for later. <laughs> Pulls out the Captain America Sorry. thing. It okay. <laughs> uh. So as you, so the rest of the party has made their way up the stairs fully. Uh, <laughs> Dak, you make your way up the stairs with the tray. Um, I'm not going to make you roll for it because I'm feeling merciful. Thank you. Uh, you just I make like, your way up the stairs with the tray. So I like to think by the time you get, you get, like, get into the room, like following behind, like you open the, like the, you have to open the door. And just immediately, your first sight is just me. Just. Yeah, he went down. Chug, 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 chug. Um, oh, I yeah. brought tea. I needed that. <laughs> I spilled all over myself, by the way. Excellent. I forgot Excellent. to open my throat to start it. Thank God. So we like were almost I, some of it we came were up, almost like we not like throwing up, but just like it didn't have too much in my mouth. We clipped this out of context, by the way. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> Real close to TOS, guys. All right. <laughs> hey, you can drink a <laughs> lemonade. It's lemonade. I didn't say what kind of lemonade. It's just lemonade. When life gives you lemons, spill it on yourself. Uh, as Dak takes the last few steps up the stairs and disappears off overhead, set, you Great. walk into the cow's eye. It is exactly as I described it five minutes ago. Perfect. Um, yeah, so just immediately upon getting in, I'm just going to do like a quick scan to see if I see any of the party members currently. Uh, go ahead and roll a perception check. Uh, 17. That's with the minus 4. Okay. Yeah, you kind of glance around the tavern. You're, you don't really see any of your party members at all. No, nobody looks familiar here. Um, <sighs> one gentleman kind of catches your, your eyes as you're looking by uh, and goes, uh, you eyeballing me? Nope. And just walk straight over towards the bartender. <laughs> He's just like, damn. Hoping he'd say yes. <laughs> and he just kind of goes back to eating from his plate. A noticeably dour expression on his face. <laughs> I'm so lonely. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you go up to the bartender. Yeah, so... Um... I'll approach and just be like, excuse me, um, I'm looking for my group. Uh, they may not be expecting me because I wasn't expecting to be released this early, but um, it should be a uh, uh, fairy, two short folk, uh, eye patch boy. Um, have you seen them? Make a charisma check for me. Because <laughs> all you said was released this early. I was thinking that too. There's so many ways. There's 
There's that you could... multiple contexts that someone Boy. could interpret that in. <laughs> 17 minus 4, 13. 13. Uh, she kind of looks you up and down, doesn't see any visible shackles or chains that you may have been in. <laughs> Uh, you hear that from the room. <laughs> I like. I don't have my hood up or anything. Like, okay. The entire time, I have just been like focused. So like, I am like almost. I would assume like very pale. Like look very like. Mm-hmm. Like I'm recovering from blood loss. Death does you, that to them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. You considering you literally died? Like you do <laughs> not look your best. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she kind of. Yeah, she's kind of looking you up and down, and um, she goes, "You, uh, you doing all right? Do you need to take a seat?" Uh, and from off in the distance, you hear somebody yell out, "You eyeballing him?" Up, <laughs> Sid. <laughs> you doing okay? You don't look well. You look like you're about to throw up. Uh, I mean, I have absolutely been better. Uh, I was uh, recently out of commission mm. and have recently been brought back. So I am trying to rejoin my party. Well, honey, that's exactly what we'll do for you here. If you need to, if you need to rest, I mean, we've got beds, we got drinks. Uh, I just need to know if you've if you've seen the people I described. Run them by me again. I was kind of put off by uh you know all of it yeah i i understand uh very two short people eye patch boy uh brooding uh brooding man i mean i guess that's very like you've described that that brooding man describes three people including yourself it, like if if someone interpreted you the wrong way or just in their own way, like if they don't know, yeah, I, someone could it, interpret it that way. By the hand while you brood, she she cocks her she cocks her eyebrow and goes, "You're not the brooding man in the group." I mean, you're not a brooding wrong. person. <laughs> I think. Caspian is a little more brooding in this instance when I'm excluding myself oh, in Caspian? Yes. Oh, there it is. <laughs> she uh she laughs and says, Oh, I'm sorry I've been wasting your time. Why didn't you say so? She reaches down under the, the bar and she starts pulling out more ceramic mugs of various sizes. <laughs> and says, All right. <laughs> I'm uh, how, so how many were you looking to buy? <laughs> I don't I'm just trying to meet back up with them. I don't know who bought those on his tab. The uh the the shy the shy kid that he's with. I uh, um yeah, he had an eye patch on, that's right. Yeah. Um he doesn't know how things work socially. Oh, honey, I picked up on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I'm good with whatever they have upstairs. I just, I, there's some information that I have for them that is incredibly crucial to get to them right now. Understood. I, I won't waste any of your time. But if you ever do want to fuck over Caspian, you let me know. Okay. 
that in mind. Thanks. You're cute, by the way. You uh, you live around here? I no, uh, and unfortunately, do not plan to spend much time in this area. <sighs> that is a bummer. Well, they uh, they they headed upstairs. Just just take those uh those steps right there. They'll lead you right up. Uh, uh, room B. That should be where they're congregating. Great. Thank you very much. And then I'll just like shuffle quickly off as you uh are making your way up the stairs you hear echoing from down below you were eyeballing him i know it shut <laughs> up sid and you make your way up and kind of close the the door in behind you <laughs> uh you find yourself in a very small hallway uh couple doors on each side each of them have a large brass letter emblazoned on them. So there's A, B, C, D. Cool. I will just head straight over to the B room and just go in. Do you knock? Uh, yeah, I'll do like a quick knock first and then go to enter the room. I need you to demonstrate the knocking that you do for the purposes of this is a D&D show. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I like walk up to the door and just like hit the door like that and then go to so three standard knocks okay yeah uh the rest classic so you you all have made your way into this room it's a very small think like a uh you've all been to japan so you all know that when you're in ikebukuro and you go to like one of the the karaoke rooms yeah you know uh, yeah like i remember when i was in japan yeah, no, I was yeah, so, yeah. yeah, same here. And the one time I went, I definitely went Bennett, to karaoke. You Bennett, you can't be a part of this joke. You went to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember uh, being with the other Soul Reapers and fighting the uh, the Hollows. Yeah, I remember yeah. walking yeah, a... into a karaoke club with my good friend Majima. I got hit in the head with a wand, and then I, you know, got a skirt on all of a sudden when I waved it. It was weird. It was a weird time in Japan. Oh, no. You become so like a magical that, girl. Uh, you're in kind of like a smallish <laughs> room. No windows. Uh, all wood interior. And there's like this nice velvet uh, wraparound, like, seating chair arrangement with like a small table in the middle. Um, almost like a like a restaurant like you're you know like the corner booth that everybody always wants to get uh because it's like the best place to sit in the entire place especially if you've got more than four people with you um it's kind of set up like that uh Ow. and there's just the one door leading up into it uh so you all you all kind of go in you set the the jugs of ale down uh and then dak you come in shortly afterwards with the trait of mugs uh, so everybody, you see Dak come in with this full tray with these ceramic mugs of different sizes on them. Well, I don't. I'm staring down the barrel of that that ale I chugged. Forty-five. Okay. Yeah. So you you have been provided with some like, you know, glasses. Like nothing's fancy or special about them. They're just they're just glasses. Uh, you immediately are pouring yourself a drink of the ale. Um, Caspian kind of gives you a, a look and is like, rough day, huh? 
No, it'll be a. You know, it's a rough day if I have to get to if I have to get to if I have to get to number eight. <laughs> Are you sure you don't want As just I'm the battery number two? <laughs> Got it. Okay, understood. Uh, well, listen, don't you know? Pace yourself. We got a lot to talk about. And at this point, he kind of turns and he goes, "Hey, so Dak, what are those?" P. P. <laughs> with a T. And uh, I, and I just stare at him. <laughs> were you were you just really thirsty for tea? Um, I actually, uh, did you know, tea actually makes you more thirsty. <laughs> the more you drink it, um, I, I, um. I, I I thought that perhaps that there could be a non-alcoholic um, option for people who may not wish to um, drink. Oh, that's actually very thoughtful of you. I hadn't even considered that. Thank you, Dak. Uh, there are chamomile tea. Chamomile? I've had chamomile in quite a while. Uh, and he's going to take uh, one of the mugs. Uh, pink mug, very ornate handle on the side, uh, and it's got a picture of a uh, of a bumblebee on it. Mm. He sets it down uh, in front of him, and then he also grabs one of the glasses, takes the jug from Silva's hands, and pours himself a glass of ale as well, and then just hands the jug back to you. He's like, "Use that responsibly." Uh, all downing, right, everybody, take downing number two. Make sure. <laughs> Make sure to uh, close that door and lock it. It should have, uh, it's got the two deadbolts at the top there. Uh, make sure to lock it fully, okay? How high are the deadbolts? The, so what Very this important is, question. Yeah, yeah. It's a three-point locking system. So you've got your standard, uh, there's a regular bar handle that closes the door. There is a large uh, iron bar that slides across. And then above that, you have a chain lock right above that bar. And then there is another smaller sliding lock at the bottom. So it's all within reach. Okay. Uh, then I'll lock it. Okay. As long as it's all reachable for me. I'll start at the bottom lock, though. Jennifer. All right. Uh, so you, you, uh, you start, you slide the bottom lock across with the satisfying... Uh, you go up to the next lock, close that. Uh, you take the chain lock, it's really like a rusty old chain, you take it, you lock that into place. You hear somebody knock three times on the door. Uh, Caspian immediately stiffens up, and you see him like beginning to reach for his greatsword. Ah, oh, but I'm just getting started. <laughs> Who's there? It's me, Set. But he's still at the hospital. Yeah. Listen, I understand that this is weird. There's a lot of shit that I have to tell you that went on right after you guys left. 
What's your horse's name? Why would I have named my horse? Please, like me. I remember. What was Dak's horse's name? Dak named his horse? (laughs) That's not surprising. Um, God damn it. I don't even remember what Dak named his horse. I'll, I'll lean in closer to the door, and so Nathaniel would probably be easy, easiest to hear me unless Caspian moved yeah, up. Yeah, he's, he's right on the other side of the door. Um, I would have been like, I was dead until a little bit ago. Does that prove that I am me? Honestly, not really. Anyone who was in the hospital would just think, but I'll begin unlocking it. If you aren't who you say you are, you'll be dead again. And ain't that grand? Sure. Well, if they're not who they say they are, wouldn't they just be dead the first time? Because the only one that was dead was real sad. Are you already I... drunk? No. <laughs> now I'm relaxing. Oh, fairy. God, I forgot about fairy constitution. God damn it. Uh, no, I can still hold my own. Now I'm relaxing. Hard to be so uptight all day when you're repressing your negative emotions of your friend probably being dead. Shit, right, noted. This uh, is kind of you... it. This is just kind of everything just soaking in. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Uh, Nathaniel, are you going to open the door fully? Great point. Yeah. Uh, gameplay question for Dylan, real quick. Yes, go ahead. While uh, while Nathaniel's frozen. Oh, jeez, I didn't realize that. Um. <laughs> oh no. So Dylan we and Nathaniel up. have swapped. Do we, have, do we currently in game or in the story have access to our level three abilities? You. There was technically a moment in time. Uh, where you, it, it happened specifically during the session where you went from being level two to level three. So potentially, yes. Good to know. All right. Okay. Oh, yeah, my thing isn't until I take a long rest anyway. Never mind. All right. So, Nathaniel, you're opening that door. Final answer. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, I'm just peeking an eye open as he does it. Going to the bottom locks. Before I open the door, hand on the man. Okay. Uh, you slowly pull the door open in for you. Set. You hear the <laughs> creak of the door as it opens up. Uh, and you see before you who appears to be uh, Nathaniel. You see uh, who appears to be set um, looking uh, very, very gaunt in complexion, uh, a little paler, uh, hair slightly disheveled, but looks, looks like, looks like. There we go. All right, I'll tell you this for sure. You sure look like you are dead. Well, I feel like it too. 
Can we it's see him bad, from right? inside the room? Uh, Dak, you can probably see him from your seating position. Um, I'm gonna, yeah, look at him. Stay with Johan then, a sec. And then, uh, for me, the sound goes to uh, a ringing noise, and I'm going to use a sorcery points to okay. subtly to subtle spell mind's revelation on uh set which is what Dak knows to be detect thoughts uh-huh. uh yeah that's right i forgot everything <laughs> has a name <laughs> let me double check are there any there's a there's a wisdom save correct that that has to make it's a wisdom save if i dig deep Okay. Uh, otherwise, I get surface thoughts. With no save. <laughs> uh, so long as you don't have a intelligence of three lore and don't speak any languages. Granted, your surface um, thoughts are very much kind of what you make them to be. Yeah. And then once I do that, I will then ask him to make the wisdom saving throw to delve deeper. We delve in deep. Yeah, so it would just yeah, you're just picking up. So set what would be like the just the the very surface regular thoughts that are going through your head right now. Right at this moment, yeah, um, right. coffee. Right on the top, probably the fact that we could all die soon. Yeah, so you get uh, Dak, you get like very surface. You get this like surge back, um, that is like a, like a spider sense going off. That is just like we're all gonna die. Maybe we're gonna die. We could die. We're gonna die, and that you just get that feeling. Just <laughs> all that makes me think of all that makes me think of is the episode of Scrubs where like the dude asks JD like, "Do you think I'll make it through?" He's like. Yeah, you're gonna be yeah. fine, and then it just goes through his mind. Oh my god, you're gonna die! <laughs> um, once I feel that, that's when I go deeper. Okay, so now deeper. Set, go ahead and make a uh, wisdom saving throw. And the entire time, my eye starts burning. No, the bad one. Somewhat doing a Jack impression and just watches. Thankfully, watch I did not with one fall. eye open. <laughs> I did, however roll low enough that the overall score is negative. Hey. Damn. I rolled a two. Wow. And I only have a plus one and then a minus four. Wow, 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 wow. Maximum mm. <laughs> <laughs> math. Um, Damn. Cool. Shout to get... having that negative one roll, baby. <laughs> Uh, cool. So I gain insight in your reasoning, your emotional states, and something that looms large in your mind. <laughs> you get more of the same. <laughs> it's very similar. Uh, Probably slightly yeah, more detail, so but similar. Emotional state, you're going to get uh, Here we go. a large amount of stress and panic. Um... What else was it? Um, so that was emotional state. 
Insight uh, into their reasoning, if any. <laughs> uh, I mean, what? insight into reasoning. I don't. I don't know how specifically I would. I would think, think of it this way, right? So it would be the kind of the reasoning for their current state of mind, which is obviously in a state of panic and yeah. uh, concern. So you're going to get glimpses of the, I'll tell you what, you're going to get glimpses of the hospice room that you had seen set in, uh, but you're not going to see set there. It's an empty hospice room and you're seeing a dark shadow looming over the empty bed. The demons have come to you. Um, and then is the looming thoughts, right? Yeah. Which specifically is uh, something it worries over, loves, or hates. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So that if we're, if you're going to be able to pick up images, it's just going to be Trist, like full force, like after he dropped the disguise and just the, like look on his face. Um Dak is going to stand up and to Nathaniel say, Um, Uncle. That's that's set. Hmm. Yeah. Good to hear. Fine. Um, something similar. Um, Seth, I actually full on bow towards him. My apologies. Well, if you got enough of that, you got enough of me. I'll release my hand on this and shut the door and begin locking it again. Uh, Caspian looks up at you in surprise, Set, and says, well, How are you here already? We just spoke to you in your bed. Dr. Thoris was saying that you were probably going to need a couple more days of sleep. What's going on? Speaking of physicians, my guess is he also wouldn't recommend drinking any of the ale. So, you know, I'll help you with the temptation. Now, I'll pour the fourth one. (laughs) (laughs) I think I missed the third one. Um, Yeah, so as soon as Cass brings up the doctor, just the look on Seth's face will just be like, a like self-deprecating like smirk almost okay something's uh, wrong take a seat yeah all right so, you know, sit down. down just like the <laughs> uh sit down and just basically reiterate to the group what they experienced uh that the doctor was not actually the doctor yeah that was uh that was actually Trist, not the doctor. Shoot. Caspian holds up his hand. Uh, he looks at Nathaniel. Nathaniel, did you did you secure all three locks? I'm just getting the last one now. I put one of Do the it. cups of tea in front of the set. And it's set in your mind, you hear. Apologies again. So would I have been aware that you delved into my thoughts? Yes. Ah. Yep, that's one of the things about the spell is that uh, even if you fail it, you are aware of the fact that the, the other person is delving into your mind. 
gotcha. So even before then I start doing this, I just kind of look at Dak and I just go, never again. I understand that it was needed for right now. Never again. You have my word on the path itself. And then I turn back to Caspian. Yes. Trist. Okay. Every, everybody sit down. Everybody sit down. Um, now let's make we, some... We take a seat. Jesus, Silva. Um, okay. At least yeah. she's going to be a lot easier to carry than the rest of you are. Uh-huh. Let's establish a few things real quick here. This room we're in is a magic room. He kind of knocks on the wall. Anytime you secure all three of those locks, it activates an enchantment. Entire room is soundproof. Nobody can hear us in here. Also, there's an, a spell actively running at all times to make sure that nobody is, uh, is able to see into the room or is casting any type of vision spell into the room or scrying onto any of the inhabitants of the room as well. As long as we're in here... And they here, have this in a bar. This wasn't always a bar. We can <clears throat> get into the, its history a little later. But Do you think, you know, the, uh, do you think based on the fact that... that I say, don't you think based on the fact that that woman seemed to know Tim pretty well is an indication of that? Something we don't have to get into that history. That history we can leave alone. That's fine. Oh, now, now I need to know. Not now, now you've made it to mystery. <laughs> All right, yes. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Man wants to kill. Man wants to kill you, said. Yeah, sorry. No, can you reiterate? You said Trist. Without Trist, what the hell happened? I knew he was a rat. Are uh, we sure this is really set then? Mon's been nothing but helpful. I oh, don't know. Well, he has been very helpful. He is also not who he says he is. Trist isn't even his real name. Nah, oh, that rat. I can kind of figure. But he's not one guilty of giving a different name now, is he? <laughs> we will get there. Thanks for that. I had to explain that. Before I fully explain the details behind what occurred, I need to know are you all, are we all? party are we going to be sticking together uh caspian kind of glances around the room and says listen as far as the kingdom is concerned you are currently part of an ongoing investigation once the investigation has been closed by the citadel uh if you are all considered to be not guilty parties or simply uh victims, which I don't see that being any problem, uh, then you will be completely let free of the Citadel's protection, and you will be allowed to go on your way. Whether you all choose to stay together after that, that's your choice to make. 
But the reason that I've still got you all together like this is because technically you are all still under my protection. And I intend to keep it that way until we figure out what's going on. In that case, I will explain what needs to be explained. Uh, and if you have any questions, you can ask them. I may not answer them. Um, basically, uh, Trist is an assassin. And he is here to kill me. All right, all right. I gotta stop you right there. If he wanted to kill you, why would he pay for you to come back to life? He does not want to kill me. Fascinating. But you did give him a strange look when we were at the Winchester. Or the Winchester. That is... Did you know then? No. That was because he was holding Sandy What's-His-Face at knife point behind his back. Um, uh, Rodstock? What? Yeah. Wait, shit, shit. This was... Silva, this is what you were talking about back at the Citadel, right? You said you were kind of concerned because Krodsak disappeared or something? Yeah, he wasn't there later. And I I put kind of three different things together of him being clearly some type of corporate scumbag. The strange look that Set gave, and then all of a sudden Sandy disappeared. Which is why I was going to ask you about it, Set, when we were able to speak with you again in secure location. I guess that would be now. <laughs> Set, do you have any further idea of what Sova might be talking about? Um, you Did could... you see Crowdstock leave? I didn't. I wasn't particularly paying attention to him. All I saw is that as after they introduced themselves to us, uh, I looked at them as they were walking away. Triss turned to me, and I had seen that he was kind of just holding a knife to Sandy's back, and he kind of just gave me a wink and then kept moving. Uh, I wonder now, if he meant that message to you in some way. At this point, I believe that he was well aware of who I was at the time. And that was intentional. Yeah. No, so but it doesn't explain why, why, why Sandy disappeared. Because I went over to the bar, tried to see if I could recollect some good old information. You know. Kind of have a small reunion with at least the one person that at least is still there from when I was there. But, uh... And so between, like, between, you know, and... Let's let's be real. That wasn't a man to walk around unnoticed. And just, like, sneak out the front door. Yeah, you're not wrong. So, but even if he didn't leave through the front door, then he's also in some sketchy, weird business. But I would say the more pressing concern is the threat to your life. 
Uh, not just mine at this point. Oh, good. If oh. he decided to kill you, how is he already established in town as a little-known name? Do you, you not... want him to come to the city? He is incredibly skilled. He was able to bypass everything in the Citadel and impersonate a doctor in the hospital. Do you not think that this man is capable of much more? Damn it. Well, what I was going to say, similarly, um, what, what do you, I mean, what do you, like, is he, where did he attain such, this type of skill? A house. As in a dragon marked house? Yes. It's the one that everyone pretends doesn't exist because if they mention it, they think they'll get <laughs> in the night. The house that shall not be named. Couple of islands in the war, but... Uh, basically, they want me Back to them. So you are so you a member of the house. Yeah. Am I a member? If they only thought of me as one. So were you trying to be one? No. I want nothing to do with that house except their ultimate destruction. Unfortunately, there's a distinct number of economic reasons why that's going to be incredibly difficult, but avoiding them is something I can get behind. Also, if every member's as skilled as this one is, I don't see that being a possibility. Uh, not every member is going to be as skilled. Only a handful. Maybe five True. more. I was going to say, some, some people, I imagine, there have to be some rookies, you know? I mean, I can guarantee that there are, but in this instance, <clears throat> he also does not like the house very much, and so is giving this opportunity to leave and not come back. Because if I or we at this point, as you have now all been associated with me. If we continue to extend our stay here, he has said that he will have no choice but to kill us all. That complicates things. As I, I just said, you are part of an ongoing investigation. Yeah, that just feels kind of sloppy. A bunch of people who are tied to an investigation needing like all needing to die at the same time. That's just going that's just asking for attention. It did say to finish our business. So I would only assume that that means once the investigation has ceased, I which I would assume shouldn't take too much longer. If, uh, if I would assume his information is is up to date. So, 
he would know well, that if he's impersonating people i imagine he has some fairly he may have similarly nabbed some pertinent information at some point i can only assume i do wonder what his plan is to kill captain over here if the leader of the dark lanterns go missing a lot of people are going to be looking uh, not a lot right but but ones who potentially actually do pose a threat to or maybe not specifically the house but like the him you know it's one of those things of like you can't just outright you know get rid of these people you have to do it in ways that make it seem like it's you know bad circumstance like old stories you know of course but honestly if I go missing, or if Doc goes missing, or even Silva, I don't really think too many people will be looking for us. And maybe Silva, you got that friend of yours. Well, no, but only if, well, unfortunately, he is currently in the possession of a Warforge. Begins pouring. <laughs> Thank you for the reminder. But... Hey, just, <laughs> got friends, that's not nothing. But still, more importantly, if he is impatient and does not wait, doesn't allow us the time to essentially be cleared from the 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 lanterns, then we essentially you have a bunch of suspects of one case together suddenly all perish. I mean, you tell me, Caspian, would you look at that as just a coincidence? No, absolutely not. I'd be looking for a pattern. Thus, if, right yes, thus, if we were to die before the investigation is over, that would that probably is just you know that's the mistake every that's the mistake every villain in every bad you know bad assassin novel makes. A lot and explaining their plan to the person they're about to kill. He's on step one. So I said. you're right. He could go the bad assassin route. It seems odd given his apparent skill set. Well, it's unfortunate because it still means we will die. As he I may said. end up getting in trouble still, but we're that we in order to get in trouble, we still die, which is something I would also like to avoid. Well, if he's trying to get us off the case, you think the house is responsible? That it, this has nothing, as far as this is concerned, to do with the Warforged. It's not like he's attempting to dissuade this investigation. The did house he even mention them at all? For me, he did not. They are looking for me. And now because you are associated with me and because he knows that he would ultimately when he is pressed by the house will have to give that information. But I guess that's the thing. So many houses are in many different areas. Is it why why specifically can we not return here? Like, why is he not forcing you to just, 
like live a like move to a different continent or you know you know come to become a wilderness person he said to not return here because he is stationed here this is he he is in this area everyone else is apparently spread out and so he said just specifically for him so that he is not forced to deal with me to leave and not come back. Trist has been a proprietor <sighs> at the Winchester Scythe for about eight months now. Believe he first moved into the city just shortly before that. Do you think he's trying to make all of you leave because he genuinely wants to have a shot at just staying here? I mean, I mean I've had a couple conversations with the man and he he seems to really love that place. Like it's his passion. He puts all of his money into it. I mean, think of the old, uh, the old, think of old gangster stories, right? You know, the, yes, you have a bunch of people who are considered criminals and whatnot, but they have their own business. So then that means they get power, which gives them their own sense of freedom that they, you know, lust for. I did hear. Read a lot of books, don't you? I did hear on as I was trying to catch up to you all that uh, there's been some land grabs recently by the wealthy elite in this area. Oh, so maybe he did, in fact, do something to. In fact, he did so something to the big bloke. Crowdstock. Competition. Yeah, that conversation that I overheard while I was trying to catch up uh, specifically that he's been very aggressive with uh, putting smaller stores out of business to snatch up their locations and you know all sorts of very predatory practices apparently to snatch up land I mean there has been a long-standing feud going on between Crodstock, Landis, Eberson. All of these, all of these landowners—they're trying to take over a significant portion of the East End. If they own the entertainment district, then they own a significant amount of the finances that are going into the city itself. Yes, and the Crodstock family, definitely, at least historically, from when I was here, wasn't too different in terms of that view. They've been here for a long time. Interesting. It's it's very fascinating to see that apparently the genetics don't run that far. You'd think you. I would have thought I was speaking to the old, at least the old Crodstock. Yeah. I entered there. Listen, if Trist has any kind of political or negotiating power, he has it through Crodstock. The two of them are thick as thieves. Oh, uh, that snicker like that I did there that was like an audible snicker. I like then <laughs> very audible. I like tried to make it as audible in the mic as I could. Okay. There's still several things about this that are a problem. 
first and foremost, everything you're telling me, I, I want to believe you, especially now that we're at the point where we fought ghosts alongside each other. Like that's kind of like a, once something like that happens, that's like a bond. I want to believe you, but especially when one of those ghosts killed the man, you're apparently attempting to not believe. Sova, hang on. I have to look at this from an objective point of view. So what I need to know is in this conversation that happened between you and Trist, was anybody else in the room? No. Did Trist leave behind any physical evidence that he was there? No. Did Trist demand anything else from you besides you leaving? Did he ask for money, favors, anything of the sort? No, in fact, he insisted that I owed him nothing. That is... I hate those do that! Everybody wants something. There's always a catch. There's always a... Well, clearly, it's he wants him to leave. He did say that if I were to go against the house and attempt to take them on, deal damage to them, whatever it may be, uh, that he is in favor of that. Be straight with me. Can you tell me which house this is? Irani. Yeah, that wasn't my guess, but I guess, you know. That's what makes them sneaky, uh, isn't it? Caspian wordlessly reaches over, grabs the jug of the ale, <laughs> and Join takes me. a drink from it and just slams it on the table. It spills over a little bit. Well, fuck us then. Well, that's, that's Someone else even need. threw something. <laughs> just what we need. Theranus agents on our asses while we're trying to solve a goddamn murder on the rail. Alright, well, obviously, because you're under my protection, your life is more important than mine in this moment. So we're not going to let them get to you, okay? Everybody understand that? Good. Look, we haven't gone through this much to, to abandon set just yet. At least I haven't. This is a complicated situation. We're already in the middle of one investigation. We can't just launch another. We need more evidence. We gotta have we gotta have something tangible that shows that there is foul play happening. The other thing is this, and he is going to pull out uh, the infantry ledger uh, that you had acquired from the keep there. Uh, as soon as it load up here. Here we go. Uh, so I'm going to make sure that everybody is able to see the ledger now. Uh, Uh, it's deciding now to slow down, which is the perfect timing. 
All right, so everybody should not be able to see in Roll20 the infantry ledger in your uh, journal tab. Turn my mic down. Sorry for something. I see that now. It turned, popped up all on its own. Uh, so this, what uh, I did do though, is, yeah. this is the infantry ledger that we had picked up from the keep. Uh, I got this to Nevik and I spoke with him about it. Uh, learned a few interesting things actually. So the first thing to note is that every single person on this list is no longer alive. Except for two. Uh, and he reaches a finger out and he points down at the ledger. QRR at post B. They used to work for the Citadel at one point. Clerical work. Doctor. They passed away 11 months ago. LDW, position Crow. We were talking about that. We weren't entirely sure what that position meant. Uh, or sorry, no. This is the DM, confusing. Uh, copy is what we were talking about. We weren't sure about what copy. Uh, yep. LDW, Crow. Uh... They are still alive. Uh, my understanding is that they actually relocated to Sharn, south of us. Uh, this apparently happened uh, quite a while back, after the, uh, the war had finished. Um, as far as our information serves us, they are choosing to live a quiet life uh, in the city of Sharn. Third, or sorry, second person. AEC, position of chef. AEC, our intel tells us, is in Sharn as well. Uh, it looks like they have taken up a new position. They are one of the head chefs at a place called, and he kind of pulls out like a small little bit of documentation. He's kind of flipping through pages. Uh... The, uh, the Four Sails. AEC is now a chef at the Four Sails. Uh, so, also in Sharn. So the two still living, located in Sharn. Uh, the serial numbers here at the bottom. Uh... These serial numbers are specifically tied to specific Warforged that were active at this post. This is where things get tricky. Serial numbers uh, 899-7719 as well as 591-3844 uh, were transferred from this post. Uh, looks like five months prior to the end of the war, 
uh, or at least five months prior to the morning, I should say. So, this is the odd part. Over the span of three weeks, these two Warforged were transferred to three different locations. Uh, check this out. And he's going to, he pulls from his person a very small, like, pockmarked, weathered uh, copy of what looks to be a, a map of the, the nation of Corvair. Okay. So. Originally, uh, these two Warforged were stationed here at Baron's Keep, which is where we had just visited. Uh, and he kind of points out Baron's Keep on the map, just north of the Howling Peaks, which of course lead over uh, the border into Zalargo. Um, so it looks like they were transferred over to Glyphstone Keep. In the west. Uh, Glyphstone Keep is also abandoned by this point. But it was originally a major hold point over the Dagger River. Uh, there was a major concern with enemies using the Dagger River to bypass the roads. And to get closer to the main cities to attack. After being at the Glyphstone Keep for six days. They were moved again. They were originally going to be sent to Fort Tansend. Uh, they stayed there for three days. Nebuk came across a note that the two Warforged were brought along for a skirmish that occurred in the uh, intersecting point between the... Uh, the edge of the King's Forest and the Howling Peaks, so just north of the fort. The Warforged disappeared from that point. In fact, the entire skirmish party vanished. Uh, they were assumed dead, but no bodies were found. Uh, attempts were made to determine if they had become prisoners of war, uh, but no contact was made. Uh, other nations made no indication that they were holding these prisoners. And this was post-treaty signage. They This was information that they would have to provide. Uh, but none of the neighboring nations had any information for us. So we have two Warforged that were unaccounted for, who were transferred between these forts, were last seen at Fort Tansend, uh, headed just due north to take part in a skirmish, and then disappeared along with the rest of the soldiers that were with When the lightning rail was attacked, based on eyewitness accounts, uh, it was traveling right about here, uh, just about making its way towards the bridge that crosses the Dagger River, uh, preparing to approach the city of Rote, which would put it right within sight of the King's Forest. I have to assume that there is a possible connection here. These two Warforged that went missing may have ended up in the King's Forest, went rogue, and coordinated an attack from here. The only way to know for certain is 
to visit the forest ourselves and determine whether or not there are any of the Warforged there or if there are any signs that they had been occupying that. Yes. There's... There's something else. I asked Nevik to look into something for me. Silva. When you said that you were wary of Trist, I didn't know what to make of it because everything I knew of Trist was that he was largely harmless. But I don't know. I I just had this feeling that after everything we've been through, I wouldn't be doing my job properly if I immediately dismissed your concern. So, after Triss left, and I had you all gather in that uh in that side room there, I made to contact uh. Matthias Caldrew. I wanted to check in with him, uh, see when the next time he was going to be meeting with Trist was. I used a message spell to uh, send a message. I didn't get a response back. I asked Nebik to scry on Matthias. He got nothing. Set, did you see Matthias at all after your procedure, after your resurrection? Would I have? Uh, make a history check. Seventeen. Before the start of the procedure, you did see Matthias in the uh in the operating room because uh he was going to be the one performing the actual resurrection scroll. Uh, you did not see him after. When you woke up alive uh, to this point now, you did not see Matthias at all. Yeah. Uh, no, I never saw Matthias. I don't think I've ever met Matthias, actually. Uh, tallish man, dark skin, long beard, clipped to the side. Oh, definitely, definitely would have remembered that. Did not see him at all. Who, who was this Matthias? He's, well, the, the rest of you all met him. He's a very uh, extremely uh, practiced wizard. 
he was the one who performed or used the resurrection scroll to bring you bring you back. Interesting. I would have expected to have at least seen him once then. But nope. Yeah, so like I said, you did see him uh prior to right. Hmm? Cuz I would have still been dead. So I never would have You are right. I'm I'm speaking as if you were alive for that moment. No, you so yeah, yeah. you you have not seen Matthias at all. That is correct. Yeah. It's yeah. not like Matthias to not answer any kind of message or cry. I think it would be beneficial to us if we schedule our own meeting with him. Preferably before he meets with Well, we would have to do that sooner than later then. Yeah. The longer we wait, the more likely something to happen. Dak. Yes. How much of that newspaper have you been reading? Uh, preferably all of it. I was stopped you... once um, I asked for the drinks, though. So you, along the you entire stopped walk. when you asked for the drinks? Yep. How far in do you think you got? Give me a page number. Page three. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, you didn't read it fully at the time. Like you had just caught the tail end of it as you were heading up to the bartender. Um, there were several articles that you were reading through in the, in the Corvair Gazette. Uh, the guest here, the Corvair Gazette here specifically is a very populist newspaper. Uh, it is, uh, it is printed and is published all across the continent. Uh, several nations actually, uh, carry, carry the gift here. Uh, and as such, the news that it covers is also very broad. Um, generally it is going to be the most important news coming from each of those regions, uh, and doesn't get into like a lot of the nitty gritty or the specifics. Um, there is a almanac section, there is an opinions, uh, there are opinion pieces, columns, uh, At the bottom of page three, uh, you would have caught some sort of blurb about uh, about a land baron and about property ownership. Mm -hmm. uh, it's your call if you want to bring that information to the group. Uh, but you haven't had an opportunity yet to to read that that article fully. Uh, Dak, who is adverse to interruptions, is going to slowly raise his hand while everybody else is speaking. Yes, Dak. What is it? Um, in the broadsheet that I had purchased earlier, there. 
may be some relevant information. Um, I'm going to pull it out from the pocket I shoved it to and then um, kind of find the page and put it on the table for everybody to see. Uh, Dak pushes the newspaper forward for all of you to see. And as you look in at it, uh, you see in the bottom right corner of the page, uh, there is a smallish column. It's just like three or four paragraphs uh, with a bolded headline. Uh, Land Baron found lifeless at 57. Caspian, Caspian's face pales as he looks at it, and he begins to read it aloud. Noted philanthropist and landowner Sandy Crodstock, age 57, was found passed away in his rote cottage home just this morning. There are no signs of foul play. And clerics believe that it was a cause of a heart attack. Crodstock is succeeded by two brothers, Samuel and Torrance, and a sister, Arbecca. Crodstock is known for being a proprietor and owner of several businesses in the Eastern District of the City of Rote. There is no doubt that his businesses and his wealth have left a considerable impression on the recent history of the city and its entertainment district. The Rote Citadel had no comments to make regarding any investigations of the death at this time. Caspian looks up at all of you and says, We just went from having little time to no time at all. And that is where we will end tonight's session. Woo. The plot thickens. It looks like things are heating up. What As will the I groups... am winding down? <laughs> <laughs> what will uh, what will the group's next choice be? What path will they take? Where will they go? As two investigations. Suddenly take top priority. We'll find out what they do to begin unraveling these threads next time. Uh, until then, thank you all for watching. Thank you all for playing. And be sure to read the local newspaper. You never know what you'll find. Have a good night, everyone. Whoa. <laughs>